The Courage to Lead, episode 112. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Betsy Kaufman. Betsy is a leadership coach and organizational agility consultant. Along with being a coach, she is also a speaker, leader, author, and most recently, a TED Talk presenter. Her TED Talk, Four Tips to Kickstarting Honest Conversations at Work, recently launched and is at over 1.5 million views worldwide. Her work has been revolutionizing the workplace by integrating honesty and transparency into a company's DNA. Betsy is the owner and founder of Cross Impact Coaching, an organizational design firm focused on working with organizations who are serious about wanting to make change happen. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Harlan. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. No, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Like I said, uh, my background is in organizational change. I know how important it is to companies. The thing is, companies don't understand how important it is to them all the time. Yes, yes yeah. you're exactly right. It's huge. Yeah. And I think when uh, companies like don't understand that, they also often wonder why do transformations fail? Why are these, why are we not being able to change our culture, our mindset? So it is a huge topic and love of mine as well. So yeah. Yeah. awesome. All right. So we got a lot to talk about, but before we get started, I've got some questions for you. These okay. are questions that I ask every one of my guests. Questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actors Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his uh, Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, like it. thank you. If you are ready, I'm okay. ready. Let's yeah, go. All right. Question number one: What is your favorite word? Collaborate. What is your least favorite word? Command. Okay. What turns you on? Hmm. Oh gosh, I should be. I need to be rapid fire on these, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I love meeting smart, intriguing people, like and having really interesting conversations with people that I that I may not have either stumbled upon or or spoken to in my normal everyday world. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Good stuff. Uh, What turns you off? Oh, um, so funny. A a picture of a person just came up. (laughs) (laughs) No names. Not going to put any names. We're going to keep this very highly confidential on DA. Um, You know, if I think about it from like, from what this person exudes, it's just, it's a, uh, um, know it all, know it all is absolutely turned me off. Yeah. All right. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Hmm. I would have to say I, in my office, in my home office, cause that's where we all are at this point. Right. I have this, this window right to the right of my, of my chair. And, um, my husband actually put a bird feeder right out that there's a beautiful, big, massive holly tree. Mm-hmm. And I love to just hear the birds chirping. And it's something that, you know, it, it happens throughout the day. Um, and so it's just like a nice song that kind of just is constantly like sitting there. Nice. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, 
<laughs> hearing the washing machine or the dryer go off because that just brings me back to my oh my chores that I have my long list so that's terrible I'm literally like this is gut reaction you're getting just rapid fire initial like responses so there is no, no that's good that's good all right what is your favorite curse word mm. gosh I, I I guess I can say it out loud right that's like so cool uh, or you can say it rhymes yeah, with it starts I mean, with yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to probably drop the F-bomb quite a bit, especially <laughs> when I'm very passionate about anything and everything that's happening uh, in that moment. So, yeah. That seems to be very popular. Yes. Be um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, I, you know, I've always been like drawn to, honestly, to the movies and to, to like the screen. So possibly being like a director or something that just seems really nice. interesting. Very cool. What profession would you not like to do? Mm. Um, oh. Well, this is terrible. We're actually in the process of building a house right now. And as I'm, as I'm working through the process, these, these, these wonderful individuals that are, that are framing and roofing. And um, I'm just like, I'm not meant to do that, type, <laughs> especially in the elements. Right. So yeah. You know, when I go out and it's 95 or 100 degrees and they're out there on a roof, you know, uh, doing tiles or, or shingles yeah. or it's, you know, freezing cold and they're trying to frame the house in the rain. Like those, I, I don't think I'd be very good at those or cut out. Yeah. Those no. I hear you. Absolutely. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm. Thank you for everything you've done and the impact that you've had on all the lives that you've touched. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Good job. And you have had a lot of impact on lives and we're definitely going to talk about those. Talk about how you got your start, how you found your way into organizational change. Cause a lot of times it's a circuitous path. It's not a direct, right. Exactly. Um, talk about your, uh, your Ted talk, which is doing great. And some of the other work you're doing. And at some point we're going to transition into talking about courage and leadership. Perfect. Awesome. Wonderful. Right. That's a good so, stuff. Yep. Lots of good stuff playing. So listeners, uh, we'll be right back after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I am back with my guest, Betsy Coffin. Betsy, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to the conversation. Like I said, uh, with my background, I, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but as I mentioned before the break, organizational change is not something that people like you don't as a kid you don't wake up one morning and go mom i want to be an organizational change right how did you get into it where what is your your background and how did you find yourself in organizational yeah, change yeah it's a great question yeah i don't think anybody ever wakes up and says i want to be an organizational change leader or a, an agile coach or a consultant yeah. or any work with leaders yeah, I, you know we're all like we want to be more exciting fun professions but um i actually started my career i uh I would say that my career has been built on somewhat of an intentional intervention, right? So there's been some divine, there's been some intentional. Um, divine started very, very young. I graduated from college and I basically fell into a project management role. 
I, uh, I was looking for a job. My husband and I had, had just gotten married. We were extremely young, pretty much out of college. And we moved to Charlotte with no Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I'm based. We didn't have any, any jobs. We're like, we're going to start over. We're going to start fresh. And so I walked into a company and, a, and I met with a director and he said, you know what? You're really, you seem like a really nice, young, smart, young woman. Would you like a job? I'm like, sure. He's like, what do you know about technology? I'm like, not much. <laughs> So like, I like computers, I use computers, you know, this is back in the like late nineties. So, you know, it's a lot different than where we are today. And so he actually gave me a job as a technology project manager and that really launched and catapulted my career and to where I am today. And so I, I did that for quite some time, grew up in the project management world, uh, got transitioned over as I got into consulting into the agile world, which is you know, the agile software development lifecycle and all of that. Um, and as I came to work more and more with companies, I found that I was connecting with the leaders and I was able to really start to talk with them about how do we, how do we make a bigger impact? How do we start to implement change across the organization? Because as these organizations were trying to, to uh, basically bring in this agile mindset and the agile manifesto around the software technology, and I don't know if your listeners, what their breadth is or their depth is, but you know, people think it's a process. I think it's a project management process or a delivery process, but it really is an organizational change, culture change, mindset change process. And so that is how it happened. And so we started to just think about, okay, what else are we doing here? It's not just about technology. It's not just about delivering software to our customers. It's actually about how do we want to work and run and operate as leaders, as teams, as an organization and how do we show up within our customers and within ourselves internally and so that's really how it all you know it's, it's that journey that's very woven and it's got all these twists and turns and it's thorny and it's exciting mm -hmm. it shoots and ladders but that's kind of how i came into yeah. this shoots and ladders is a perfect <laughs> yeah exactly because yeah, exactly. you just you'd never know a lot of businesses um like a change could be a merger acquisition it could be a process re-engineering mm -hmm. uh, restructuring of the business it could be new software implementations or something um, there are so many little pitfalls and yeah. businesses will spend a lot of money on the legal side right. and the IT side. And they figure, oh, the people will just kind of come along with this. Right. And that's not always the case. That's not. And, and people come along at very different uh, rates as well as there's different things that are motivators. Right. So it's not like, okay, we're going to just, we're going to do this to people. We can't actually do change or do anything to people, we have to bring them along on the journey. Yeah. And if we don't take that like really methodical look and say, we have to, you know, the people will need to be a part of this because they're the ones that are going to make or break this. Right. We've always said that, you know, any major change, whatever it is that you're doing within your organization or within yourself, right? It's, it's the people. And if the people are not bought into it and don't believe in it, you're going to have the most resistance to it. Right. And that's, that's the human nature side of it. This is a people thing, regardless yeah. of if it's technology, if it's merger acquisition, if it's anything, it's always going to be a people thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We work with a, my wife is a change management consultant also. And uh, we worked with a company up in the Boston area and the, the, kept telling the manager, you know, you haven't engaged your employees. You have a lot of long-term employees who know this business inside out. You haven't engaged them to let them know what change is coming or, or how we could improve things. And he said, ah, that's soft stuff. We don't need to worry about that. And it's like, no, we need to engage them. He said, no, if they'll either do what I tell them or they'll be on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, that's, that's brave. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I said, if you, if you go ahead with this without, you know, just try to force this change down their throats, you're going to lose your top people 
because they know they can take their skills other places, right? Your very bottom people who are just barely hanging on as it is, they'll get scared and ditch. That'll leave you that mediocre middle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's going to impact productivity, profitability, everything. And he just kind of shrugged it off and forced this change in. And he lost his top people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I I don't think he was with the company very long. You actually said like, like he said, that's the soft, the soft stuff, but the soft stuff is the hard stuff. Yeah. Right. Because I can put in a brand new technology system. I can force a new process. I can do the tactical side of it. It's the soft stuff and the people stuff. That's actually the harder part of the change. It's actually the harder part of making it happen. And it's, it's just an interesting thing to think about, you know, like, yeah, the soft stuff will actually become the harder stuff that if you don't deal with that, right. right, Whatever else you're trying to put in is never going to happen. It's never going to work. Exactly. And it's kind of a misnomer to say change management because I don't think you you really manage. manage, (laughs) Yeah. You don't manage change. Change is going to happen whether you want it to or not, whether you intended it to or not, things are changing and morphing all the time. Right. I think what we try to do is help manage the output or the outcome. We want to try to manage the result. We used to tell managers, look, our job is to make sure that your employees are as productive and profitable after this change as they were before. And if you don't try to guide that, who knows what damage it's going to do to the culture, to the the DNA, right? Right. Of the business. Right. Right. It's funny. It's probably more about change enablement than it is Mm -hmm. about management, right? So how do you enable the change? How do you enable the outcomes that you're trying to see as opposed to management? Because we can't, we can try to manage it, but we really can. And that's that's just kind of a false, I I agree with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so tell me about your, uh, your business. Yeah. Cross impact coaching. Yeah. So we've, um, we've been around for about eight years. It's kind of funny how it came about again, a little bit of divine intentional intervention. Um, I was working at a very large fortune five financial company, you know, as I live in Charlotte, that's pretty much the, uh, (laughs) one of the main employers. Um, and I went to go speak, um, at a local meetup and the room was packed. It was probably one of my first actual speaking engagements. I think it was about global teams or how to build global teams across, you know, in, in the world. And at the very end of it, um, you know, it was, a, it was a great session. We had a really good conversation. There's a long line of people. And there was one gentleman that waited to the very, very end of the conversation and to come speak to me one-on-one. And he came to me and said, you need to quit your day job. Like, He's like, okay. you need to quit your day job and take this show on the road. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're, you, you're wasting your time. You're doing good work here in this Fortune 5 but you're wasting your time because you need to actually bring your message and your skills out to the world. So I did, I quit my day job. I started my own company um, and it has evolved into, it started out as something else. And I think that's part of you know the fun of all of this. Um, and then we rebranded, so this was about eight years ago, back in 2014. Um, we rebranded a couple of years ago in across impact coaching because we were initially just doing agile training and agile coaching. And then, as I said, as part of my life, I have started to get into more of the leadership coaching and just the organizational design and organizational agility piece of it. And so we, I realized that the work that we do and that my company does is here to make an impact across the company, which is why we call it cross impact. And so that we were finding that as we got pulled into one area and we started to make our mark and work with folks and really help them to drive whatever change transformation effort they were looking for. Other folks were looking at us like, can you come over and help us? Can you come help us? And so 
Um, we now are in lots of different size companies. We work with um, you know, everything from mid-size to Fortune 5, right? And uh, we go in and do all kinds of transformational work. We do leadership coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, team coaching. Um, and it is about helping organizations to become great workplaces, right? How do we start to implement good design and good change to bring about the outcomes of agility, alignment, collaboration, transparency, all the key things that we want when you wake up every day and, and you want to go to work and you're excited. So that's, that's who we are. That's what we do. Um, it has been a journey. This is probably going to be the theme is the journey that has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been fun too. It's been a really, really good ride. And I'm, I'm so excited about 2022 and the future and where we're going next. So very cool. Yeah. And how many people do you have on our team? Yeah, so we're we're pretty small, um, and that's part of 2022. Uh, we are, I would say, about 12 to 13 strong. We've got a mix. I've got a really great support team, um, about four or five, and then I've got about seven to eight consultants that I leverage everywhere from executive leadership coaches to HR specialists, uh, team coaches. Um, so we're tech, technical, very technical coaches. So we're kind of a nice mix of of skill sets and where we go into working with organizations. Nice. But all companies that are doing agile or uh, trying, trying, okay. but that, you know, it's funny because we're starting to get pulled into. So I have a, I have a statement of workout to one of my companies, like, can you come in and help us from a marketing perspective? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I have another one out to a company about helping with their merger and acquisition. So we're really trying to get, we're starting to get more and more into just good organizational design. I think every company wants agility, right? But it's little a agility. So that's really where we kind of center ourselves. It's not about the big a agility. There's practices and processes and frameworks right. and a whole multi-billion dollar world out there. But it's really about as an organization, how do we achieve little a agility? And that's what we center around. And so that's where we're getting notice in, in our work as to, yeah, we all want to be agile and to be nimble and to make good decisions. So we're, we're starting to branch out of that, that big A agility world um, and get into the little A stuff, which is, which is where I want. I'm okay. I'm great being in the little A world. <laughs> <laughs> That's great though. So the companies you're working with, when they, when they come to you or reach out to you, what is it they're struggling with most? Is it not knowing how to lay that path for change or is it uh, they're, you know, afraid, maybe they've started a process. I've Most worked for companies before. Yeah. yeah, most of it. So it's been, it's interesting because, you know, as I think about where we're going to head for 2022, it's two different things. Well, honestly, it's, we started this, we can't seem to make any, any progress on it. Um, you know, we need help with our teams. We need help with putting in new processes. We're trying to transform and build these next generation organizations. So it's kind of this, like we started, we stopped, we started, we stopped, come in and help us. Um, the other side of it has been leadership coaching. So as I, as I start to lay out 2022, I think we have a request for 25 plus individuals across all my clients to come in and do one-on-one -on -one leadership coaching. So everywhere from senior levels down to individual, individual contributors, which I think is awesome to see that these organizations are investing in their people, right? So, and it's not, it's not coaching, you know, coaching, five, 10, 15 years ago, whenever, whenever you and I kind of started to grow up was like, oh, we have a problem. We have a performance improvement plan. Right. We're going to get right. you a coach to coach you out of your, your, your things that we don't like about you. Right. Yep. This is no, we, we believe in these people 
and we want to help them grow into their next role and into being into into supporting the company more which is that's the cool stuff because you're working with people because they want they get the intrinsic nature and desire to do better to be better leaders whether they're people or just for themselves so that's that's what i think is kind of cool about where the leadership coaching world i think is at this point in in the life cycle of it so yeah we're doing all kinds of good stuff and it's just it's been interesting to see the mix of of companies coming to us for for problem solving and and supporting them definitely yeah when you have somebody that's on a performance improvement plan this is your last opportunity we're going to bring somebody in to fix you (laughs) right they don't always want to cooperate they don't want to they don't want to work it's funny that you said fix you because one of my philosophies is that people are not broken right it may be that that person is not the right fit. More than likely, that person is not the right fit either for the role or for the company. And it probably is in their best interest to maybe look somewhere else, right? And so, you know, I, I don't, I, it's funny when I coach leaders and, and people know that I have a, like a one-on-one relationship with somebody and they'll say, hey, can you, can you fix this up about this person? I'm like, no, I actually can't. They're not broken. Right. So that's not what we're going to work on. You know, if it comes up, I'll bring up some observations, but, but this is not, I'm not going to hold your agenda for them. Right. You need to actually work with them if you have a concern, but it's funny because yeah, we try to fix people. We even, you know, I think even our spouses, right. Like uh, I just, I could just fix this about him or her. They would be perfect. Well, guess what? You're not going to. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and one thing you said too, the um, observations, um, that's one of the key things working with executives. A lot of times it's like, what observable behavior is this person? It, not, I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about your, your gut feel necessarily about the person. What's, what have you observed and what is it, you know, we need to, to change or fix. A lot of times people don't realize that they're doing something that is alienating them or, you know, with their peers or something like that. And you point that out to them and they're willing to make those, those changes, but it has to be something observable they can see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's really critical. It's funny. I was, I was coaching an individual a couple years ago and um, all of his peers, all of his directs just absolutely loved him, but his leadership that he reported into had a lot of concerns about him and he was blindsided to them because he's his whole life. And he's been at this company for 20, 25 years. He's been very, very successful. A new changing of the guards came in and they had new expectations of what they wanted their leaders to be. And he just wasn't aware of them. And once we went through the process, he's like, oh, you want me to actually like put on a tie when I meet with these folks? I can do that, right? And I mean, historically, you know, we live in the South, you and I do. So we're probably a little bit more casual potentially than some organizations, you know, some places. Yeah, they want to build up, they want you guys to become more consulta- consultative. And so they want you to show up more as a consultative group. Oh, okay. So when you're meeting with this group of individuals, you need to kind of up your professionalism, right? And that was just a quick, that was it. That was all they were looking for. And it started mm-hmm. to really help. And it helps him to kind of say, okay, not everybody like thinks I'm of this nature. I've got to, I have a whole 360 world that I've got to appease as mm-hmm. I continue to navigate my career. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of time it's just a breakdown of communication. You know, one of the executives yeah. will tell somebody you need to be more, uh, I don't know, leader, leader like. Leader like. <laughs> yeah. What, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean exactly? Give me an example. And a lot of times they don't know how to express it. It's just yeah. something they're not seeing in this person. Yeah. You know, so understanding what that culture is, understanding what the executive is looking for, it's a lot easier than to translate. 
you know, it is. It's funny though, because what you think is a leader and what I think is a leader may be completely different, right? And what characteristics or traits that we'd like to see a good leader possess could Mm -hmm. be very different. So I think that's a good point, right? And if you're not articulate and what what your perception is of a leader and how you want someone to be more leader-like, right? They're right. going to, they'll miss it forever and ever until you tell them exactly like, these are the characteristics that we're trying to portray that we'd love to exhibit. Do you, you know, are you willing to, to work on them? Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's a good transition. What do, what do you look for in a leader? Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's, there's, there's so many words to describe it. Um, confident. Right. But confidence is an interesting one because it's not overly competent or confident. Competency, of course, is really Um, Clarity. So I've been working quite a bit with a group and the leaders are struggling with being very, very clear. And what are you what are your expectations? What are you looking for from this team of people or from this effort? So clarity is critical because, you know, folks are looking to just say, okay, just help me. Tell me tell me what you're looking for. And if you're not clear going to be hard um humble right um i also i love leaders that are willing to listen right sit back and listen and take it in and hear what your team is saying and 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 be supportive from that perspective so um i think you know those are kind of the first things that are coming to mind when i think about some of the good leaders that i work with or that i've worked for in my past yeah Listening is important. Uh, my wife told me a, kind of an analogy. You've been to a restaurant. And you know how the manager always comes through midway through the meal and says, how is, how is everything, right? Look at their feet. If their feet are pointed towards your table, yeah, they give you the impression they're really here to ask and they really care about they care. what it is. They want to know, right? Yeah. yeah. If they're turned facing up the aisle and just go, hey, how's everything? And they just keep walking. The drive-by, yeah. yeah. Don't care. And same thing, I think, in, in, in leadership, in a business, if you are walking among your people and asking them questions, stop and listen to them, turn to them, face them, give them your full attention and stuff. If you're just walking around going, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? They know you don't really care. Yeah. You know, you're on your way to get coffee. And that's, you know. Well, and now it's even harder, right? Because we're no longer in offices. Right. So it's funny, as I've started to, as I've continued to work in this virtual world, I can actually now start to tune in and know when a leader is listening or when they're not. And especially if we've got cameras turned on, right? That's the most critical thing. Because if you start to really look at the people and really see what's happening in your little checkerboard, right? We call it the Brady Bunch thing. Yeah. You can tell when somebody's answering a Zoom or a Slack or whatever chat, right? Or you can tell they're, they're looking at something else. You think they're listening, but they, they think they're hiding because you can't really see them now that we're in this virtual world. But I can always tell like they're not paying attention. They've checked out. They don't agree with what we're saying. Great. And so I think it's actually more critical now to be in touch with your folks and to turn off all of the distractions mm-hmm. when you're in a meeting as a leader in order to ensure that you're hearing what they're telling you. Exactly. Because nothing will, because that's the thing is they, if they only get 30 minutes with you a week, if even that, yeah. right, that is their time that they're trying to spend with you and to share with you and to get your feedback. And if you can't take that 30 minutes just to shut everything down and give them your 100% attention, mm-hmm. then why are they going to continue to work and do the yeah. work, right? They're not going to be invested if they're, if you're not. So I think in this day and age, it's super, super critical that we get very intentional about how we work and interact especially virtually with everyone. Sorry, Definitely. I'm on a soapbox. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. It looks good. Um, no, because my, my wife and I, like I said, when we were consulting, we would uh, 
get into the office early and kind of walk the halls and you see somebody at their desk and you the drive-by. Hey, how are you? You know, we'd go in and sit down, have a cup of coffee with them, talk to them about what's going on. That's hard to do in this virtual environment. You have to purposely, I mean, make a plan to actually call your employees, have that one-on-one with them. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you can just pop into the coffee room and, and uh, have a chat. Right, right. There's no more of the drive-bys. There's no more of just the off-the-cuff conversations or any of that. It's really tough. And it, it does have to be intentional. And you do need to take the time to block to be, to be present, to be available. And, you know, driving in, I've only got 30 minutes. I know this is an hour meeting. I'm sorry. Okay, go. Da, 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 and then leaving. It's like, oh, oh okay. You know, yeah. that's a seagull effect, right? Yeah. And so. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and <laughs> I think, you know, you and I were talking when we first, you know, got on the call together was like, have you been like busy? Oh gosh, so busy, like super busy. We're all super busy, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's a mindfulness and an intention to say, okay, I've got to slow down enough to ensure that I'm connecting with my my team and my people yeah. or else the rest of it doesn't even matter, right? Because exactly. the rest of the work will happen. It'll either get done or it won't get done, but the people side of it, you can't get back. Yeah. And I know a lot of businesses are are trying to put things into their online meetings, the question to kind of get everybody to participate and kind of yeah. get to learn a little bit about each other and what's going on and stuff. Maybe it's something kind of funny. You know, if you were yeah. a breakfast cereal, what would you be, you know, something weird, but it, it's those type of conversations and the laughing together that draws people in and you get that engagement. And I think if you don't make an effort to do that, uh, it's going to, it's going to damage the culture. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's funny. I, I work with lots of different companies all throughout the day. So I have unfortunately a lot of contact switching, but I'm usually available for most of them. And they'll say, Hey, do you have a minute? You know, and if I do, I will. And I, I do try to actually keep time in my calendar so I'm not back to back to back. I can't say that I'm perfect mm-hmm. at it, but I do know that I'm going to need to have some flex when things pop up and we need to have that conversation or we need to work through something. And so I think that's the other thing is how do you, if you have somebody else managing your schedule, right? Have them add some flex time in there because you're going to need a couple of 30 minute pockets, one for your own sanity, mm-hmm. as well as I've got to have some flexibility if I've got to go work with somebody or I've got to go deal with something that's not, you know, that hasn't been planned out of, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever hours that you're keeping. Exactly. Yeah. No, right. good point. So I looked at your LinkedIn uh, profile and it starts off with uh, TED Talk speaker. Yes. Like, oh, that's on my bucket list. That's on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. Um, so your TED Talk, four tips to kickstarting honest conversations at work. Tell me about yes. that. How'd that come about? Yeah, it's funny. So um, a few years ago, maybe three or four, it's been, I can vividly remember this. My oldest son, I think he was, he's 17 now. I think he was like a teenager. He was helping me create a vision board. I was explaining what is a vision board. And so we cut out all these pictures and on it was like a Ted. I had a Ted because that was one of my, my goals. Um, and I was at a conference in Philadelphia for the Project Management Institute. Um, I do a lot of work with them uh, for my past history. And um, I was looking at all this, you know, they have just so many different tracks and speakers and, and I, Ted, Ted and PMI partnership come to the info session. Ding. Okay. Wouldn't miss that one for the world. So I went and um, they, so the project management Institute had teamed up with Ted to launch the uh, Ted series out of PMI. And so they were there talking about, you know, how to do it, what they're looking for, that type of thing. Um, And so, of course, I kept a very eagle eye on the whole, like, when are they going to announce it? When are they going to open it up? Um, So they opened it up and I submitted one talk pretty quickly, right in the beginning. This is what I want. 
And then as the time box started to close, I had this other one that was just sitting here like, you know what, I think I'm just going to throw it out there. And it was, I didn't put hardly any effort into it. I just filled out the form. I recorded the two minute video. I came right from the heart, like this is what's going on. And, you know, I got the, the email. We love your talk. We'd love to interview you and see if you'd be a good fit for this. And so I made it through the process, obviously. Um, and it was engaging, exciting, really hard. Um, it was a little bit upsetting because I always had the dream of being on the stage, right? And of course, COVID hit and we, they, they pivoted. And most, of, I think they're trying to get back to in-person, but most of it is now virtual. Um, but I, it was the most amazing experience. Um, they actually pair you with a speaker coach and they work with you i mean intensely one-on-one -on -one, getting it right getting it ready my speaker coach is actually that was the head of, of coaches of speaker coaches um and she's worked with mark you know mark zuckerberger she's worked with all these like amazing people and i'm like oh and you get me and you know it was <laughs> we have such a great relationship we still text we're still like really close um but the talk came about because i was coaching at an organization and i was coaching just a whole series of people one-on-one um, -on -one. And this theme kept coming up, like, I just wish I could say this. I just wish I could bring this up in a meeting. People know this isn't going to happen. They know it's not true. And I'm like, well, then why don't you say it? Because I'm afraid. Because they don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to know exactly the truth that's going on. And so that was my, like, okay, I am tired of, like, having this conversation with these individuals over and over and over again. And so that was, you know, how do we start to really have these honest conversations at work? Because we're there, there's a fear factor there. Um, and I think it's, you know, maybe we become more bold now that we're all at home and we can say things and shut, shut off the camera. <laughs> but at that time, we were in the office when I submitted it and it was like, put it out, you know, and that's partly what I'm also known for is that as a coach and as a consultant, I'm not afraid to bring up that stuff, you know, I'll bring up this, you know what, guys, there's something going on, what's going on in the room here, I'm, I'm sensing that you don't agree with it. You know, because I love to watch people and watch body language. And I always can tell, not always, but norm, normally I can tell, like, they don't agree with that, right? They're not invested in this. They're going to leave the room and we're going to have a water cooler conversation. So um, that's how the talk came about. And I just started to infuse what I try to do in my own personal life when I work with my clients. And, you know, it formulated into the four tips. Um, it's been a really fun um, ride as I've helped other companies try to infuse that into it. And a lot of my clients are like, I watched your talk and I love it. Like, it totally makes sense. It's what we deal with every day. And I'm like, yeah, so let's bring it. How do you start to bring that? And so I, I think I'm starting to bring more courage. This is the word, right? Courage yep, yep. and confidence to my clients and to workplaces to really say what's going on out there and to, and to, to help these organizations create that culture and that transparency, because if we don't, we're going to have all these, you know, we're going to spend lots of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. We're going to have good people leave. Um, you know, we're not going to love the work that we do because we aren't having that courage to bring up the tough topics. Yeah. Yeah. There are easy conversations that, that managers have with their employees. If, if the employee is, is late or absent too much, non-productive, They've probably had that conversation before. You've had that conversation before. It's almost scripted. You know what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. They know how they're going to take it and everything. But there are other deeper conversations yeah. that if, if you walk away from those, you know, right. I mean, that, that could be life-changing for both of you. You know, yeah. hey, how are you, how are you feeling? You know, I don't, mm -hmm. something's changed. You know, what, what's going on? What's happened here? And a lot of times 
that, like you said, the, the fear steps in. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know what they're going to say is I don't really want to get into that too much, right. but you're missing opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I think, you know, if somebody is always late and they know they're always late, there usually is something deeper going on there. 99% of the time. And you have to build that trust first, right? Because if it is something that's super personal, I'm not just going to tell you like, let me tell you why I'm always late. Right. It's, right. I've got, you know, whatever personal thing is going on, you know, I, maybe I'm caring for a sick parent or I've got, you know, really young kids, or I've got things that I'm trying to deal with because we don't, you know, I, I see a lot of people who don't bring their whole self to work and I get it because they're guarded and they don't want everybody to know what's going on. But sure. if, you, if you don't, right, then people don't understand. They can't empathize with you. And so it's this whole, like, I mean, there's this, I think we're in a shift though in the world. And I think folks are starting to feel more comfortable. Like this is me. This is who I am. Right. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring my whole self and, and I may not give you everything in the beginning and I'm going to, you're going to earn my trust, but then hopefully at the end of the day, you know, who I am and who I'm coming from and vice versa. And we've yeah. really, we've created that connection and that bond to each other. Yeah. And if they feel you really care, then they will, right. you know, be more open. Right. So we talk about courage, uh, intellectual courage, the ability to set aside your long held beliefs to make room for new courage or new uh, knowledge. Right. There's uh, social courage, being able to say what needs to be said, even if it's unpopular, the empathetic courage to set your emotions aside to make room for somebody else's. Um, is there a type of courage you think is most important or maybe missing in business these days? That's a good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of social courage, right? Um, I'm a big fan of uh, empathetical courage as well. Because I think those are those are the two things from a human side that we need to get right. Yeah. Um, when organizations don't invest in the intellectual side of it, that's something different, right? But the social and empathetic, I think, are really critical. And how we create that environment is going to be that like, that's what's going to make it or break it, right? So if you don't have that environment where and, you know, I want you to tell me if something's not right, right? Like, I do want to hear the bad news. Mm -hmm. I do want to hear what's going on, right? So please bring it up. Now, don't always be the sky is falling chicken little. Let's come up with solutions too. So that's part of the talk, right? That's the fourth mm -hmm. tip. <laughs> is tell me that the sky is falling, but let's talk about how are we going to stop the sky from falling? Exactly. Um, so it's, it's finding that balance between those. But then, you know, I yeah, I think they're all pretty critical to the workplace um, and being able to create the environment to allow them to show up yeah. for sure. So where did you find your courage? I mean, you say it all started with that that speech in front of the group. And uh, that is like on the top of the fear <laughs> board. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. there's the, the fear of the dark, fear of death, <laughs> and then fear <laughs> of public speaking is way up above that. How yeah. did you how did you do that? How where did you find the courage to get up and and speak? Yeah. I, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. I've never really had a problem with speaking. <laughs> so maybe that's part of just the, my upbringing with my family. Um, but when I have something that I feel really passionate about, I love to share it. And so I think that becomes, it's like, a, it's an internal thing. And, and when I don't know a topic or I'm not as like well-versed in it, I can tell you there's the fear. The fear starts to rise, yes. right? Yes. And I can't, I mean, every time I walk on stage, the first minute, minute, like when you're out there and you start to like, there's a little panic, I won't lie. Yes. But then as I get into the content, it starts to settle down. And as people start to respond, it starts to settle down. And I'm like, okay, this is good. I've got this, right? Yes. So I think it's, it's knowing, you know, what you know and knowing what you don't know. And 
um, I do one of my talks that I do is kind of like it's it's in the agile arena in the agile world and it's like agile in five minutes or seven minutes we we, we change the time box is ask me anything ask me anything right and anybody can ask any question mm-hmm. and I will in five minutes answer it to the best of my ability give feedback right and have a conversation and just it's kind of a rapid fire thing right so That's I actually awesome. love it it's one of my favorite talks to give because I love that I don't know where the questions are going to come from but then I'm yeah. also okay saying you know what, I don't know. I am not well-versed in that area of this. And let me give you a couple of resources and give me your name afterwards. And I'll point you in some more directions. And that takes courage too, because some people think if I'm up in front of the group, I have to know everything. And you really don't. People are comfortable with you saying, yeah, I don't really know. It's a great question. I don't know. I think that comes with age too, though. Right. So I think as you also get... Possibly. Maybe this is the one time I'll embrace the age piece of it. But I think (laughs) as you get older, you get more confident in who you are, right? And you come to an agreement with yourself as to like, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is, this is what I'm bringing to the table. When we're younger, we want to, we want to please everybody. We want to be everything. And we want to be seen as these great leaders and get promoted and, and all this good stuff. But as we get older, I think we can, we come to like, this is it. This is what you're going to get. And I'm going to continue to grow myself personally and professionally, but I'm not going to be anything for anybody else. Um, but that's the confidence that comes with that too. Right. So, that's awesome. yeah, no, that's <laughs> great. So you uh, 12 to 13 employees and, and folks you work with in your business. If I was to bump into any one of them on the street and ask them what type of leader you are, mm. what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Oh, goodness gracious. I wish you would just ask them. That's like, that would be, um, I think they would say that I am empathetic, um, curious, um, intense. I'm, I I won't driven. We'll use the word driven. Driven is is good. (laughs) Yes. Driven, um, collaborative. I do like, I do ask my folks, what do you think? What should we do here? Sometimes to a fault. I've been told that, right? Like just make a decision. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that would be it. Um, driven, curious, collaborative, empathetic, um, and hopefully fun. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it's one of my core values. Um, I've done some value work and I do do value work with others, but it's, it's fun balance, trust, yeah. transparency, right? That's what I try to bring to myself and to my work and to, to the people that I work with. So I've just added a lot more, a lot more adjectives. No, that's good. That's a, that's a good mix. Very cool. Um, is probably the one that needs to get worked on the most. Cause I do, I, I do think that there are things like I have things that I want to accomplish. Right. And I'm just absolutely driven. And, you know, sometimes people are like, we can't do that in the time frame that you want it, you know, like deep breaths. We hear what you're saying slow down. We got it. You know, so I think that's the one, if we had like character, like it's a big character flaw, right? I don't know, call it a flaw, call it whatever you want. It's the being able to, to, um, deep breath, slow it down and not just continue <laughs> drive it, drive it through, but yeah. you know, it's not a bad trade either. So no, not bad at all. Very cool. Good stuff. So if people want to get in touch with you, yeah, find Absolutely. out more about you, how can they do that? What, what is your website? Sure. Crossimpactcoaching.com. That's where you can get just the general information about who we are, what we do. If you want to uh, submit for a speaking request or just have a virtual coffee with me, that's that's the best way to go about it. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Betsy Kaufman. Um, and then obviously the TED Talk. Just yes. you know, 
And I will make sure that that link is in the show notes so everybody can go out and see the TED Talk. That was a great, great presentation. Um, What's next? Oh, gosh, so many fun things. So we are in the process of really thinking about putting out some more digital uh, media, right? We're going to really, I I think 2022 is a year of growing the consulting firm, uh, continuing to work with companies to help them become great workplaces or to continue to be great workplaces. Um, So we're gonna grow the consultancy um, and really bring in some good, rounded, thoughtful consultants um, into the mix. Uh, I want to, like I said, the thought leadership, I wanna start to, you're gonna see a lot more regarding publications, potentially a podcast. Harlan, I think we're gonna have to have some conversations about that too, right? As to do my, what am I signing up for? Um, But I really want to start to make an impact um, with just the thinking and the work and getting people to feel safe and comfortable. And you know what? You're not the only one having that thought, right? Yeah, we're all are burnt out. We're all are going through these different things and emotions. So content collateral, um, you're going to start to see that start to, to showcase here in Q1, Q2, Q3. My team is like, okay, you're getting ready to build a rocket to the moon. I'm like, okay, we're going to call this like team rocket launch. So there you go. Um, that's some of the cool stuff that I just came off my marketing call with my team. Um, so that's what we're heading into for 2022. So I'm really excited. I can't wait. I'm like jumping out of my skin, you know, I'm going to slow down, enjoy the holidays, and then yep. we're going to, we're going to keep going. So super, Very super cool. excited. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, see where this leads and, uh, maybe we'll have you back on the show and catch up. Yeah, fantastic. I would love to. Yeah. In awesome. a year, right. We'll see if we're at three, three, three million views or wherever we are. Yeah, absolutely. That. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> great. A second talk in the works. I'm going to tell you, I did submit a second TED talk and it got, it was denied. So this is the thing. Don't give up. Right. Because what they're looking for are, are good ideas, great ideas that are different, that are going to inspire people. So I did one, I've submitted a couple, they've been denied. I'll probably submit some more as I continue and they may or may not get picked up. Right. But that is, that's the beauty of the journey. That's the journey. Absolutely. But even being denied, you know what I mean? So many people think, oh, I'd love to do a TED talk and they do nothing about it. Right. You've got a denial letter, which shows that you were actually there in the running with it and stuff. So absolutely. I think it's great. It'll happen. It'll happen. You know, one's good. One's good. (laughs) Could be better. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. There's lots of other forums out there to put your voice out. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been fun. I really appreciate you being on the show. Hours. This has been great. I really yeah, appreciate it. It's been fun. Best and if you ever get to jam and need somebody to work with you with executive coaching or something like that, let me know. I'll work with you. I absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy, there's a lot of work coming. I, and I'm, I'm so excited about it. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. fantastic. And, and vice versa. If you ever need someone to come in and work with you and support your clients, please absolutely. feel free to reach out as well. Absolutely. That'll be great. All right, Betsy, this has been fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. A lot of good takeaway here. Um, make sure you check out the website. Check out the the uh, TED Talk. Great, great content. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Listeners, share this episode with your family, friends, and colleagues, and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Charlie, saying so long for now. 